Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of Philips 66, ticker symbol PSX. We're looking at Philips 66 today as a subscriber request. The business's stock price is currently up 28% over the past year, and right now they're trading for $108.73 per share. Over the last five years, their stock price is only up 2% overall. Over 10 years, their stock price is up 77%, so they're compounding at a rate of 6% annually. So one thing to note about this business is that they do pay out dividends in addition to this compounded annual return. Right now, Philips 66 is paying out a 3.4% dividend yield, which is about double that of the yield of an S&P 500 ETF. And their average dividend yield throughout this period would be in addition to this compounded annual return. Also, what's interesting about the business is that back in the early 2010s, Warren Buffett actually made a special SEC filing to hide a position in Philips 66 as he accumulated shares in the business. He did later sell this position after realizing that he potentially made a mistake with the business or had other more attractive uses of his capital. But Berkshire Hathaway no longer has a position in Philips 66. So currently, the business is about $5 below their 52-week high. They're up about $35 from their 52-week low. A little over 2% of their shares outstanding are currently sold short, and Philips 66 has a $51 billion market cap. For more background about the business, Philips 66 operates in the energy sector. Philips 66 is an independent refiner with 12 refineries that have a total crude throughput capacity of 2 million barrels per day. In 2023, the Rodeo, California facility will cease operations and be converted to produce renewable diesel. The midstream segment comprises extensive transportation and natural gas liquid processing assets, including the DCP Midstream Joint Venture. Its CP Chem Chemical Joint Venture operates facilities in the United States and the Middle East and primarily produces oilfins and polyoilfins. The refining segment refines crude oil and other feedstocks into petroleum products such as gasolines, distillates, aviation, and renewable fuels at 12 refineries in the United States and Europe. The company operates through four segments, midstream, chemicals, refining, and marketing and specialties. And Philips 66 was founded in 1875 and is headquartered in Houston, Texas. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the select six analysis, taking a checklist style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Philips 66 based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still an evolving process and it's still a work in progress. So it's an opportunity to learn in public. With that said, it's going to continue to improve and get better over time. So let's get right into today's analysis. So starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. Philips 66 as an oil and gas refiner is going to see that their returns on capital fluctuate with the overall pricing of these commodities. So their returns on capital have been pretty across the board here. Ideally, we're looking for businesses that have a return on capital of 14% or higher. And there are two key reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. The second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by looking for a benchmark of 14% or higher, we could potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business being about twice as good as average. Because they're an oil and gas refiner, Philips 66 saw their returns on capital go negative in 2020 when the price of oil went negative. Since then, as the price of oil and natural gas have gone higher, 
the company's returns on capital have rebounded. While they only produced 1.5% returns on capital in 2021, over their last 12 months, the company has produced about 15% returns on capital. That's the highest that they've been out throughout this period. However, over the last five fiscal years, when we average this out, the company is only producing about 4% return on capital, which is just a little over half that of an average business and well below that 14% benchmark we're looking for. So this is an X to start things off on metric number one, as it looks like the business averaged out is producing lumpy but below average returns on capital. Next up for metric number two, we're taking a high level overview of the growth of their business. So we're looking for revenue earnings and free cash flow growth over the last five years. We'll also be including their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. And this metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for this to be a check, or if even one of these is down, this entire metric will be an X. Taking this perspective allows us to see the major impact that COVID-19 had on the business as the price of oil cratered in 2020. Their revenues were down significantly, and both their earnings and their free cash flows went negative in that year. However, taking a broader look at the company overall, since 2017, Philip 66 has grown their revenues by more than 80%. Their earnings have nearly doubled over this period. And their free cash flows have more than tripled when we're including their last 12 months worth of numbers. So even despite their pandemic woes, this is actually very strong growth across the board here for Philip 66. This is a check on metric number two. And it's especially great to see such strong free cash flow growth for the company because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business. And a business can use its free cash flows to pay dividends, buy back shares, reinvest back into the business, make acquisitions, and pay down debt. So ultimately, a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day, discounted back by some reasonable interest rate, is what that business is going to be worth. So again, great to see such strong growth here for Philip 66. Next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at Philip 66 on a per share basis. So we're looking for earnings per share growth here over the last five years. Again, in the previous metric, we learned that their earnings have nearly doubled over this period despite having negative earnings in 2020. Additionally, though, we want to take a look at what they've done in terms of their shares outstanding and likely a good sign for long-term shareholders in the business. Philip 66 has actually repurchased 10% of their shares outstanding throughout this period. This is likely a good thing because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that underlying business. And so when a business buys back shares by decreasing the amount that they have outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage in the business, which will ultimately increase the percentage of the business's profits that you're entitled to without you having to spend a dime. So it's almost as if the company is making a partial acquisition of itself. And so just like with any other acquisition, we want the business to be getting more value than the price that they're paying. So you would have to see at exactly what prices that these buybacks were occurring to determine whether or not that was the case. But practically, we want businesses to buy back shares when it looks like the company is trading for well below its intrinsic value and it's an attractive use of the capital for the business. So through these share buybacks and this strong earnings growth, this is strong earnings per share growth here for Phillips. This is another check on metric number three, and over their last 12 months, the company has earned $22.38 per share. Next up, metric number four is looking for something very similar. So here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. Their free cash flows per share are going to be very similar to their earnings per share, with their free cash flows more than tripling over this period, and their 10% share buybacks. This is strong free cash flow per share growth for Philip 66. This is our third check in a row here coming in on metric number four. And over their last 12 months, the company has produced $12.48 worth of free cash flow for each share that they've had outstanding. So to recap where we stand currently, through our first four metrics, the business has one X and three checks. 
Next up, for metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. So we don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. So we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow that the company has produced over the last five years. So Philip 66 steadily added on to their net debt all the way from 2017 until 2020. The company did pay this down somewhat in fiscal 2021. However, over their last 12 months, the business has actually added on more net debt, and currently Phillips has $15.2 billion worth of net debt. So over these last five fiscal years, Phillips has only produced $11 billion worth of free cash flow. So it looks like on a historical basis of their free cash flows that they would not be able to support this debt load. Keep in mind that this does include their fiscal 2020 and that in at least a couple of these years, the business was quite free cash flow positive. Over their last 12 months, the company has produced $5.8 billion worth of free cash flow. So if we were to extrapolate that out into the future, it looks like the business would be able to pay off all of their net debt using only three years of their current free cash flows. However, we wanted this to be supported by their historical free cash flows, meaning that this is going to be an X here on metric number five. So, so far through our first five metrics, we have three checks and two X's for Phillips 66. Again, though, the company's free cash flows over their last 12 months are significantly above where they've been at historically. Then our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this will potentially give us a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury and potentially offer us a reasonable starting point for evaluation of Phillips 66. So we're using their total enterprise value because it takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position, and it's going to give us a perspective of the business that's more similar to as if Phillips 66 were a private company. Right now, Phillips 66 has a $71.5 billion total enterprise value, and we learned that over the last five years, the company has produced $11 billion worth of free cash flow, meaning that in an average year, they're producing about $2.2 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their $2.2 billion of their average free cash flow by their $71.5 billion total enterprise value, that is going to give us about a 3.1% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the company. That's coming in both below that 5% benchmark we're looking for, and that's about half a percentage point below the yield of the 10-year treasury currently, meaning that this is going to be an X here on metric number six for the company as it doesn't look like the business's average free cash flows are giving us that risk premium that we're ideally seeking. Between the company's share price increasing and the business adding on more debt, it looks like they've increased their total enterprise value by more than $20 billion in about the last four months or so alone. Then on a current basis of their free cash flows, again, over their last 12 months, they produced $5.8 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their $5.8 billion of their current free cash flow by their $71.5 billion enterprise value, that gives us an 8.1% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Phillips 66. So these two metrics are on either side of the fence here for the business. So it's likely that the economic reality for the company lies somewhere in between the two. And so Phillips 66 could potentially be an interesting business to look at, even though that this is an X here on metric number six. So please keep in mind that this is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security, and that this type of analysis is meant to be taken in holistically. This is just one of our six metrics, and while these metrics are simple, when they're combined together, they can be very powerful, and we've still got some interesting things to cover about Phillips 66.
So then as a bonus here, we're taking a look at the company's dividend profile. So right now, Phillips 66 again pays out a 3.4% dividend yield, which is about double that of the dividend yield of an S&P 500 ETF currently. However, it's easy for people to make mistakes by blindly chasing dividends. So it's important to stop and look at the underlying fundamentals of a business to determine whether or not their dividends are well supported by either their free cash flows or their earnings, depending on the type of business. For Phillips 66, we want their free cash flows to support their dividends. That looks like that was the case in three of these past five fiscal years. The company already did not support their dividends by their free cash flows in 2019, and that was even made worse in 2020 as the business raised their dividends and their free cash flows went negative. That's likely a sign that that's not great capital allocation by their management here. So overall, the company has steadily increased their dividend throughout this time frame. In 2021, they very easily supported their dividend payouts, and that's been the case in their last 12 months as well. So really, as the company has rebounded since the COVID-19 pandemic, with the price of oil going higher since then, the company's free cash flows have really picked up, and they've been able to pay out this dividend in a much more supported fashion. However, it does look like the business's free cash flows are cyclical and are based off the price of oil and gas, as they are a commodity refining business. So in large part, their future abilities to pay out dividends are going to depend on their future cash flows and these cash flows are also likely going to depend on the price of oil and natural gas going forward. Then everything we've discussed so far is important but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Phillips 66 which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential intrinsic value for Phillips 66. So a discounted cash flow model is just like any other model in any other discipline. Its outputs are going to be sensitive to its inputs. So here we're starting with an average of their free cash flows over the last three years to give us a more normalized perspective of the company's free cash flows. Then we're using historical growth assumptions dating back all the way till 1990 based off how the business has been able to grow these free cash flows to project them out into the future. So it's up to you to do your own homework here to determine whether or not these historical growth assumptions are going to be potentially accurate and applicable going forward over the next 20 years for Phillips 66. If we assume that their average free cash flows grow at a rate of 2.5% annually for the next 10 years, then we assume that they're flat for the 10 years out after that. If we were to add in the company's tangible book value, which gives us a rough approximation of what the company's tangible net worth is based off of their assets per share, and if we were ideally seeking a 15% return from the business, which is the return Warren Buffett is looking from from his investments, then from today's valuation multiples of Phillips 66, it looks like a fair value for the business is right around $102.5 per share. So that's just about $6 below what their current stock price is. However, keep in mind a couple of caveats here. One is that this 15% rate of return would be including their dividends, so we would not be doubly counting their 3.4% dividend yield in that. Secondly, because the business operates in a cyclical industry, there are reasons why their future free cash flows may not be as predictable as the future free cash flows for some other types of businesses. Also, even with this 15% rate of return, Warren Buffett is ideally looking for a significant margin of safety in the businesses that he's investing in, and it ultimately depends on the business's durable competitive advantages for what sort of margin of safety he's ideally seeking business to business. So please be mindful of the fact that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professionals. So in just a minute, we'll talk about our recap for Phillips 66, but we have to address something first. 
What are some of the qualitative aspects of this business, especially those that support the key points for either a potential long or potential short thesis of the company? Starting with some of the key points around a potential long thesis for the business. Number one, with one of the highest distillate yields among its peers, Phillips 66 is well positioned for the long term where the growth outlook for distillate is more favorable than gasoline. Number two, Phillips 66 stands to benefit from higher crude oil prices, which could benefit the natural gas liquid fractionation operations in its midstream business. And number three, Phillips 66 is expanding its midstream and chemical segments so that refining will eventually represent a minority of total earnings and help mitigate the risk of falling refined product demand. Then for some of the key points around a potential short thesis of the company, number one, Phillips 66's diversification into midstream could lead shares to underperform if refining margins remain strong for years. Number two, Phillips 66's ownership of natural gas liquid fractionation assets leaves its midstream earnings reliant on a recovery in crude oil prices and continued domestic volume growth. And number three, narrowing of light crude spreads or rising natural gas prices could undercut key tenants of U.S. refiners' cost advantage, making Phillips 66 potentially less competitive in the global export market. Hopefully that offers a balanced perspective around some of the key points concerning either a potential long or potential short thesis of Phillips 66. Now it's time for our wrap up. So in summary, the business checks the box on three out of six of our metrics. Phillips 66 has strongly grown their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows over the last five years, even despite the significant impact that the COVID-19 pandemic had on the business as the price of oil significantly dropped during that period. Averaged out, the company is earning below average returns on capital. However, they've earned 15% returns on capital over their last 12 months. The business has also bought back 10% of their shares outstanding over the last five years. However, on an average basis of their free cash flows, it looks like the company is employing more debt than those free cash flows would be able to support. Based off of their current free cash flows, though, it does look like they'd easily be able to support their debt load and be able to pay that off with only about three years worth of free cash flow. Then when we looked at their average and their current free cash flow to their enterprise value, it looks like those were split on either side of that 5% risk premium that we're ideally seeking in comparison to the yield of the 10-year treasury, but that it was skewed above that for their current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. So it's likely that the economic reality for the business lies somewhere in between the two. So Phillips 66 could still be an interesting business to look at based off of that. Looking at their dividend profile where their free cash flows have been mixed throughout the last five years in a potentially not so optimal capital allocation decision. The company has actually increased their dividend payouts in all five of these years. However, they've easily supported their dividend payouts post 2020, and that's especially been the case over their last 12 months. As a midstream company and a commodity refiner, the business's future free cash flows are really gonna depend on the price of oil going forward. Then finally, performing a discounted cash flow analysis of Phillips 66. If you've done the work and you believe that those historical growth assumptions are going to be accurate and applicable going forward for the business over the next 20 years, and if you were ideally seeking a 15% rate of return from the business, then it looks like a fair value for Phillips 66 based off of today's valuations of the company is right around $102.5 per share. So that's just slightly below what their current stock price is at. However, we touched on some reasons why that may not be the case for the business. So please be mindful to do your own work on the company and to still seek out that appropriate margin of safety for the business. So it's worth reiterating that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor. 
Instead, this analysis serves as a beginning and holistic understanding to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about Phillips 66. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. Premium has a number of different features where you can track buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can tailor your reading experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make researching easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 119 bucks. That's just 33 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but if you use my link, it's 50% off. So check it out if you're interested. So through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and the quantitative aspects of their business and you'll likely be able to determine for yourself what a reasonably appropriate intrinsic value for Phillips 66 will be. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct your research as if you're gonna own 100% of a business, and you can truly understand the underlying essence of that business and know what's important and what's not important for the company going forward. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Phillips 66, ticker symbol PSX. Again, we looked at the business today as a subscriber request, and similar to some of its energy peers, the company has strongly outperformed the S&P 500 over the past year. Again, for some of the history of this business, Warren Buffett actually invested into the company back in the early 2010s. However, he later sold out of that investment. Their stock price has more or less been flat since he sold that investment, so that was likely a good move from him. However, if you're interested in the business, it may be worth reviewing what his thesis was for the company at the time and understand how that has played out or how that has potentially changed over the years. Again, currently Berkshire does not own any of the business, but they asked for a special SEC filing rule to be able to accumulate more shares of the business at one time. So if you learned something and or you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Philip 66 with me and have a great day.